Welcome, everybody, to Love You Like a Movie, a podcast. Episode 3. Hooray! Uh, this week we watched a movie called The Night Before Christmas. That is night with a K. That's right, folks. He is a time-traveling medieval knight. <laughs> it's everything I've ever wanted. <laughs> it's a good name. I feel like it's a strong name. <laughs> it is a good name. Uh, I have been excited about this movie since I saw the very first preview on Netflix, in which she hits a knight with her car, and I was like, oh, Yes. I don't know why the fact that she hits him with her car is so good to me, but it's very, very good. I feel like that was such a small part of the movie, too. I know. It wasn't a major <laughs> thing. It was just, I feel like it's its like your thing with the dumping the bowl into the trash. It's something about it is an indicator to me that I'm going to like this movie. Okay. And I fair. did like it pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I am Amy. And I am John. And we're married and we watch holiday movies and we talk about them. That's what we're doing here. <laughs> and this week, it's the crazy time-traveling night movie. Uh, this is a Netflix exclusive. Um, so that is, if you don't have Netflix, I guess, sorry. Because <laughs> <laughs> that is the only place it's available. Um, Although if you think about it, it's pretty much like paying like 10 bucks to watch the movie if you get an entire month of Netflix. So that's not bad. That's true. Or you could do the free trial and then, haha. There you go. You've won. But also, if you do the free trial, you got to do the Christmas Prince movies. There are three of them now. And then, was the one where he's a ghost? Was that a Netflix one? I don't know, but... Because I like that one. Um, Synopsis. Synopsis time. Synopsis. A medieval English knight is magically transported to the present day where he falls for a high school science teacher who is disillusioned by love. That's, yeah. (laughs) Wow, that was very succinct. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. It's simple, but it is accurate. So actually, that is the movie. I actually don't think I realized that she was a high school teacher. I don't know that I thought about it really, but I kind of assumed it was middle school. Yeah, I I think that I guessed high school. I did know that it was science. I think if I was thinking physics just because of the equations that they had on her whiteboard. That's probably a good place to start. We meet Brooke. <laughs> Brooke is a science teacher. Um, and she had an ex cheat on her. And so now she doesn't believe in fairy tale love. That's all you <laughs> need to know about Brooke. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. She has a sister and a niece. And Brooke is Vanessa Hudgens. Yes, she is. From High School Musical. And from The Princess Switch, another fantastic holiday. Pretty much from a bunch of things, but if you know one thing, you probably know that she's from a High School Musical. (laughs) Okay, fair. One, two, and three. (laughs) There's no singing in this movie, which is a shame. That is a shame. It's a darn shame. Uh, Okay, so we meet Brooke, and then uh, we go to Medieval Times, where we meet Sir Cole. I did not write down his entire name. He's got like a big, long, fancy boy knight name. What I have written down is Sir Cole Lyons. Okay. So Yeah, I think there was something about a lion in there. Uh, (laughs) So he's a knight. His name sounds like the word circle, like the shape. Which? Which I thought that his name was something about a circle for like a really long time the first time we watched this. Which makes me like happy. (laughs) I like the fact that you can call him Circle. Circle. But I saw many reviewers... We'll get to that later, but I saw many reviewers <laughs> who were like, it's just ridiculous. Oh, interesting. Okay. People need to chill. Well, he's Sir Cole. We meet him in uh, his Medieval Times home, and he's with his brother, which, okay, so we see 
these two brothers, we'd see them, like, interacting with each other. It's pretty clear that one of them is the protagonist. I thought the other one was the protagonist. I was gonna say. Because he was way hotter. (laughs) You also said that he looked exactly like Chad Michael Murray. Yeah, he looks like a young Chad Michael Murray. And I was like, okay, I'm down with this. And then it was his, like, weird, floppy-haired, like string bean brother that went forward in time i was like okay i feel like the one who could <laughs> act got the nod for the <laughs> lead role though oh okay Ooh. <laughs> shots fired <laughs> <laughs> at young chad michael murray <laughs> should probably disclaimer it's not actually chad michael no. murray it's just a handsome man <laughs> and honestly i don't feel like it very much looks like him although when i looked up a picture of him on like just google image search i was like okay i could see it he's got a vibe he's got a cmm vibe okay yeah take my word for it um okay so it's him and his brother they're riding around on horses around a castle in in a medieval village and there's a real hodgepodge of we we might need to talk about the costuming here because there's a real real hodgepodge of medieval looking type of costume garb my very first note that i took was (laughs) starts in old times not looking good (laughs) yeah john hates uh period movies well yeah that's true but don't try to disclaim this you hate period movies. (laughs) no no, it wasn't i wasn't trying to disclaim that specifically but i said it was not looking good because i felt like like it just wasn't landing there was so much oh yeah yeah, yeah weirdness happening with what like the surroundings that I was like, okay, this needs to jump to present day it like now. It was not convincing. Um, everyone was very clean. The women were wearing makeup. Um, and I was afraid that the entire movie was going to be period piece because I didn't know anything <laughs> about this movie going in. And so I asked you, I was like, oh, great. And you were like, no, it's okay. It's about to go to present day. So I was like, <laughs> like okay. Whew, okay. Oh, but I did notice there was a like medieval times wheelchair user. Did you notice that? No. Somebody was being like carted around in a cart. Huh. And I assume that's probably what that was supposed to be. I was like, hey, look at that. Nice. <laughs> um, okay, so they're doing some sort of a knight contest, which is not explained in any way. Uh, it has something to do with a falcon that they're chasing. It sounded like they have to catch the falcon. That's definitely like they what... they have to catch the bird. <laughs> that's what I thought on the first watch. And then the second watch, I think the falcon was more just like... Symbol, yeah, symbol, and like, like the beginning of take the thing. it off, the, yeah, yeah. I don't know what was happening, they did not take the time to explain it to us, which is, I mean, it's fine, it doesn't matter. And the only thing that was used <laughs> for really was to say that Cole and his brother are kind of like smarter knights than the other knight, or oh, because they had a strategy, yeah, because they had a strategy, yeah. Okay. I don't know, it was kind of weird, it was kind of <laughs> pointless, but anyway, so they split up because they have a strategy because they're smart and they go into the woods, and Cole uh comes across. An old crone. <laughs> this word will be used 18 more times during the movie. Yeah, get excited about the concept of crones. Um, uh, who's wearing... <laughs> this is another costuming note. Very unconvincing old age makeup on this woman. Oh, interesting. Yeah, when she's not old. She's like a like like mid-30s max, I would say, from her like IMDb profile picture, which could be an old picture, but I don't think it is. I think I've seen her in other movies recently, and she's not very old. And so they just slapped like a really like bad wig on her. I think in these it's like some weird brow makeup. I think in these low budget movies, whenever I see someone 
like her who's just kind of supposed to be like an old witch type of character uh-huh. i don't even like it doesn't even register with me what she's wearing or anything like that i'm just <laughs> like okay that's who she is uh-huh. here's her line she's delivered them. now we move on to the next one she's an archetype it's fine yeah it's good <laughs> Uh, so yes, he gets poofed to the future by this crone, um, who says that he has to fulfill a quest by midnight on Christmas Eve in order to become a true knight. Because this is a thing in this movie. Do you want to try and explain the knight thing? The knight slash true knight thing? Did you understand this any better than I did? Because I didn't. Oh, no, yeah. Because, like, his brother is about to be, like, knighted or whatever. Yeah, and he was knighted, like, six years ago. Right. But you're not really a true knight until you've fulfilled your, like, one true quest. It seems like every yeah. every quote-unquote knight has, like, their own special quest that they have to complete in order to become the and, best version of themselves. Yeah, and not only do they have to complete it, they have to, like, find it and complete it because they don't right. know what it yeah. is. <laughs> So, yeah, so presumably some guy's like, my quest was to find the snail. I and found I sure it. did it. I'm a true knight I'm a now. True knight. It's <laughs> Good amazing. for me. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so they get zapped to the future, <laughs> or he, he gets zapped to the future. And two important notes here. One, he is severed from his horse, uh, Sherwin. Sherwin. <laughs> Which is a tragedy, because Sherwin's amazing. Sherwin is a very good horse. Sherwin's hairstyle on fleek. And, <laughs> and then we have the fact that the quote-unquote future is actually like about a month in the future from when this movie came out yeah that was a a wild choice such a wild choice usually when you have future in a movie it's either like you know sometime in the past or it's like way in the future like 2024 or something or yeah especially with netflix the way that it's very like like they drop it all at once and it's very like to the press i would i would expect it to flash forward to like the day that it released november 21st of 2019 but no it was like december 10th or something like that i was like oh okay yeah very strange yeah uh so he poofs into the future and he poofs into a the christmas castle which is like a medieval themed uh santa's village situation which it was loosely it was you had to really look carefully to figure out that it was medieval themed because people keep kept on being like, oh, I think he's one of the performers. And the first watch through, I was like, why would they think a guy dressed as a knight was a performer at the Santa's village? But if you look really closely in a couple of scenes, there are some like dudes dressed in like medieval-ish clothes and it's like a little fake castle and it's called the Christmas castle. So I think that was supposed to make sense. (laughs) I did not catch that it was called the Christmas castle. Nor did I realize that there was even, like, knights involved until the second watch through, like... Very last scene? Yeah, 80% of the way through the movie. Yeah, me too. I think we probably saw them at the same time. I was like, okay. Okay, so he pops in there and starts kind of stumbling around amazed, as you do when you are transported to the future. And then he bumps into, uh, Drumroll Brooke, who we've already met. She's, She's the hero and her niece and she spills hot cocoa on him and thus begins the saga of sir cole and hot cocoa which he calls the strange mead (laughs) and he loves it he loves loves cocoa so much but my beef is um this is a segment called beefs (laughs) (laughs) what is this segment you're giving me such a look right now (laughs) this segment is my beef is mead is a thing like it's like a, a like a alcoholic beverage made from honey it's not just any drink well i don't know why he was calling this dairy based chocolate beverage mead i mean maybe it was you were you alive in the 1300s maybe, 
<laughs> maybe it was just their slang. Like we say Coke, but we don't necessarily mean Coca-Cola, the product. Okay, no, wow, you're right. Nice. No, <laughs> <laughs> No, you're right. I stand corrected. Sure. <laughs> maybe everything is meat. <laughs> oh. Section concluded. Section concluded. Okay. <laughs> Um, okay, so that was their meat cute, and then I wrote down, we had the meat cute, now it's time for the meat collision. <laughs> <laughs> That's good, I like that. Thank you, she hits him with her car. Yeah, she does. So this is, like, after they've left, um, the Santa place, and it's, like, snowing real hard so she can't see, and she hits him with her car. She does. Th- was this before or after, um, so th- her sister's name is Mads. What is her sister's actual actual name? Madison. Madison, okay. Yeah. Is this before or after Madison? We see Madison for the first time. This is um, after. After, yeah, because she gets her daughter. So her daughter was not in, her niece was not in the car with her when she hit him with a car. Right, okay. Which is convenient. That would be awkward. Yeah, there was a scene with the sister where the sister referred to Cole as a steel-cut hottie. Yeah. Which I found rather amazing. <laughs> her sister is really a fan of Cole. So she hits Cole with her car. Yes. And th- so <laughs> let's let's say she gets into her car. It is very lightly snowing. <laughs> she starts driving her car. It's the blizzard of like 1320. <laughs> she hits him with her car in this blizzard. She gets out and she's like, I could barely see anything. Sorry, I hit you. And then after that scene, it's lightly snowing again. So it was... It was fate, John. That's true. Yes, it was fate fate intervening to make sure that they had their meet collision. (laughs) And the most important part about this scene, by far, is that we get to meet one of the best characters in the movie. Yes. Officer Stevens. Officer Stevens. My hero. Okay, so he shows up. He's a cop that shows up. And my initial reaction the first time we watched this was, this is the chillest cop in the universe. Do they know each other? So chill. Yeah, but it turns out he was a friend of her dead dad. Right. Yes. So that's the reason why he was chill, because he was just like, oh, wow, you hit this guy with a car? Wow, what what a crazy thing. Let's take him to the hospital. I was like, excuse me? She hit a dude. Yeah. So (laughs) She she hit a man with her vehicle, sir. Officer. So she hits him, and then Officer Stevens comes up, delivers some epicness. And and he's, like, making jokes about the fact that he looks thinks thinks that he's a knight. I'm like, this dude has serious brain damage as far as you know. But so then Officer Stevens is like, okay, I'm going to take him to the hospital. And... Brooke is like, okay, I'll follow you there. Why, though, is the thing. Yeah, she's. I guess she was just worried that she had killed a person. <laughs> she was worried that he was going to have brain swelling and die, and it was going to be her fault, and she wasn't going to know, I guess. So at this point, I guess it's reasonable that she would conclude that his ramblings are due to this event. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's what I was thinking. Okay. Yeah, because okay. the first time they met, he was doing his whole night shtick, and she was like, oh, okay, he works at the thing. Right. And then she hits him with a car, and he's, like, really committed to the night shtick, and she's like, oh, my gosh, I hit this dude so hard with my car that now he thinks that he's actually a knight and not just a, like, performer knight. Oh, no. But lucky for Cole, he was wearing his knight garb, so he yes. was safe from the collision. He was in his shining armor, so he was fine, and the hospital is like, oh, but he's got some post-traumatic amnesia that will probably just go away on its own. Discharged. That seems kind of irresponsible to me. A little. Yeah. There's many more irresponsible things that go down in this movie. One of which is, she's like, I guess, Officer Stevens is like, okay, I'm going to take him back to the station, and that's where he can spend the night. And she was like, no, he can stay with me. Well. <laughs> which, like... 
she she doesn't know who this man is at all he could be a serial killer no but presumably like her house has a detached yes extra room that's a whole other thing she says he can stay in my guest house yeah she's a science high school science teacher with a guest house yeah well (laughs) i don't feel like it was ever described really well how they came in all that money it's her her parents are dead i assume that she inherited the house from her parents yeah, but I mean, her dad was a cop. What was her mom? Yeah, that's a good question. Wait, her dad was a cop? That's how he knows Officer Stevens? Yeah. Okay, I didn't catch that. How did uh, they have so much money? They were rich! Officer Stevens at least said, we missed your dad on the force. So I'm uh, assu- okay, I have to okay. believe he was a cop. That sounds like a cop. I missed that. Okay, well, her mom must have been, like, the queen of Wall Street. Yeah. Because <laughs> she has a guest house, and she's like, it's not much, but it'll be fine. And it's, like, it's much, it's like a large guest house, yeah. as far as I can tell. It's like a normal-sized house. All you need to know about the guest <laughs> house is that when you reach into the fridge, you pull out square water. <laughs> None of this cylindrical water. We've got edges on our water. She's got this next level Fiji stuff. water money. Yeah. Ooh. And when he first enters the house, he discovers the fridge. That's like one of the first things that he comes across. And he believes that it's a portal to the outside world and the cold. Yes, the cold air that... I have a whole, okay, we could do that now, actually. I have a whole list. This is another segment. What was my segment noise? Doodle-loop. Something <laughs> like that. Sure. Doodle-loop. Things that Sir Cole was baffled by in the modern day world. Fish out of water stuff. First thing, merry-go-round, which, fair. So the first thing he sees when he poofs into the Christmas castle is a merry-go-round and is like, what? Which, yeah, that would huh. be really freaky to see. It's the first thing. <laughs> When you come to the future from the 13th century is a bunch of like wooden horses frozen in masks of just horror the way that merry-go-round horses are with children riding on them and electric lights and music. Yeah. <laughs> that would freak me out. I feel like everyone always gets bent out of shape in these like person of the past gets transported in the future like they're reacting not as I would expect them to but like how would you expect them to react because <laughs> My initial reaction, I feel like, would just be to scream as loud as possible and <laughs> run, like, as fast as I could no! away into, like, solitude where I could, like, just gather Gather myself. your thoughts. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's generally extremely chill about oh, this entire so situation. so chill. So <laughs> yeah. chill. Okay, but no, merry-go-round baffled by uh, the magic box that makes merry. Yes. That's the television. That's good. I like <laughs> that. That's strong. Yes. Lady Alexa play. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> which is her uh, Amazon Alexa. Um, uh, Brooks Steel Steed, car. which is her car. Yes. Uh, and the radio, which she turns on the radio and he's like, where are the minstrels? <laughs> um, and he starts fumbling around with her car and he opens up the sunroof and snow just like pours into the car. <laughs> and he says something and I didn't catch what it was and I was disappointed because I'm sure it was clever. Yeah, I didn't hear it either. They had all of the moments where he's doing weird medieval things in modern times. I feel like we're pretty well done. Yeah. Like that can uh, be yeah. done in a way that's very annoying, but it was cute almost every time. Um, okay. And now things that he was not baffled by, which I would have expected him to be extremely baffled I think by. I think I know what one of these is. Flying steel dragons. He was warned about those. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. No, because the crone, when she sent him back, was like, you're going to see flying steel dragons. And he looks up at an airplane. And he's like, huh, flying steel dragon. Yeah. And that's his only reaction. I feel like the way that he reacted to that led me to believe that possibly his father, who was a true knight, was like, hey, bro, one day you're going to meet this 
kind of weird lady and she's gonna be like here's a quest be ready for anything wait you think his father uh, do you think every night went forward to the future not necessarily but okay. i think every night that would be wild met someone who they had to be nice to in order to receive their quest oh. and like go on this journey or whatever interesting well that's, well, that's bolstered by the we will know more come sequel time yeah okay um okay so not very baffled by the flying steel dragons right. not baffled particularly by the indoor plumbing i noticed he takes a bath later and he just sort of takes a bath and that's the last we hear of that yeah which, and he asks for a cauldron to boil water to for boil a bath. water and she's like let me show you to the bathroom and then he just sort of like casually comes out with a towel on later which like woohoo hey um but I, my other question was, okay, did she tell him about soap and shampoo and stuff like that? Because he's not been appraised of that. That's in a good his point. Yeah. Gross ass medieval stinky land. And then also, did she tell him about the toilet? <laughs> did she explain the toilet, or has he been oh. pooping in the yard for the entire movie? Oh, I think it's very feasible to believe that he's been pooping in the yard for the entire movie. <laughs> I think that's. That's very, very feasible. I think that is, like, almost positive, because there's no way she was like, okay, strange man that I think is just somebody that lost their memory. Let me explain to you how to use a toilet. Yeah, I like to believe that the bathroom <laughs> was one of those situations where the toilet was in its own special room, you know how? Kind of like in ours, where the door separates, and he's just like, I don't know what that is, but that I'm is... I'm leaving a, it alone. Yeah, I'm leaving that thing alone. Um, oh, also, absolutely no bafflement by electricity. That seems right. like that would have been, like, one of the main things. Like, what? Yeah. No mention of electricity. None. And then my last thing on my list of things that he is not particularly baffled by is the fact that it is the year of our Lord 2019. They even have a conversation about that. She's like, isn't that wild that you are in the future now? And he's like, eh, not really. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> he's like, I don't know. I mean, anything's possible, I guess, so... <laughs> would you... At some point, you do have to wrap your mind around, like, literally everything is different. <laughs> Something must, there must be a reason for it. That's and true. if you thought, like, okay, this is 600 years in the future, maybe that would, like, calm you down a little bit. You'd be like, okay, everything else is feasible because it is 600 yeah, years in the future. There's an overarching explanation for all of the craziness. One of the things That's you fair. skipped, unless, do you have any more? Well, I was going to do this later, but... You reminded me of it, so... Well, I had one in that early segment. Oh, oh, yes, okay. Contribute to the segment. <laughs> <laughs> so, he... It's when he, like, first came, and these, like, three girls come over to him, and they're like, ooh, can we get a selfie? Oh, yeah. And they go to, like, take a selfie with him, and he, like, poses, like, oh, I know what to do here. Like, this is a picture. <laughs> I didn't notice that. <laughs> Yeah, because he's I mean, a knight, and they think he, like, works at the thing, yeah. and so they want a selfie with him. Ha! He acts a little bit like, oh, what's this? But a little bit like, yeah, I'm gonna, like, smile, because... <laughs> but also, he throws up a peace sign. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I have written down... One of the th next things I have written down is, remember to ask Amy if this is a better movie, because the guy was shirtless, as opposed to just, like, two buttons. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> Netflix knows what we want! <laughs> Come on, ice carving Christmas. Uh, okay, it's, it's yes. Ice now we're caught up Christmas, with my please. Ah, excuse me. Now we're caught up with my notes. Um, okay, my next thing that I wrote down was a subsection just called shenanigans, uh, which is when she comes outside and finds that he has lit a bonfire yes. in her front yard and is like three feet away from this fire. He's stalking a skunk with his sword to hunt it to eat it. Yeah. And I would like to know how this scene came to be. <laughs> how did this scenario begin? 
He was, was he, did he first see the skunk and then build a fire to cook the skunk? Or did he build a fire and then the skunk just I think walked that's up? It. I think that's it. I think the skunk like came out of hiding to get the warmth of the fire. Okay, okay, maybe. But. I was just like, that's lucky. This is one what? of those things, this is one of those things that baffles me in a movie sometimes where he, like it would have taken him a long time to build this bonfire yes, and get it going. It was a large going. fire. And I don't know how he got it going. Uh-huh. So all these people on the road and stuff, they're watching <laughs> him do this and they have no reaction. They're like, ah, oh, checks out. And then Brooke comes out and she's like, what is happening? This is crazy stuff. And what was your take on, has he hunted skunks before? Okay, yeah. It seems like he doesn't <laughs> know what a skunk is. I, I'm pretty sure they had skunks. Right. In olden days. I don't know what, maybe they, do they have skunks in England? Maybe they don't. It is an island. And why would it have been a skunk if the skunk never sprayed him? I don't know. That's a good point. They had, they had Chekhov's skunk spray and they did not use it. That spray did not go off. Yeah. Huh. Missed opportunity. Oh, oh, okay. And earlier when he took the bath and was shirtless, she did see the shirtlessness because she was bringing him some of her ex-boyfriend's clothes to wear. And so the outfit that he's put together for his skunk killing adventure is, uh, okay, he's got a Christmas sweater over a medieval tunic under his medieval top coat, uh, and then sweatpants tucked into medieval boots and his sword belt. It's a real look. Yeah. Um, okay. So she comes out and sees this just, just bizarre scene. And so, (laughs) so they go to a diner to get burgers instead of killing and butchering a skunk with a sword and roasting it over a fire in the yard (laughs) for some reason. Yeah, and the diner is where we first, I think it's where we first meet David. Is that right? We don't meet him. We just sort of see him in the background. Sure, so you yeah. did notice him in the second watch, but yeah. I did not notice him. Um, David's a lovely, lovely man who works at the diner to support his like three or four kids. Four, I think. Yeah, four. Yeah, single yeah. widower. Widower. Yep. He's just a magic dude. We'll get more into it's him It's a later. whole subplot. Um, yeah, and they see Brooke's ex-boyfriend at the diner, who she explains is a douche. And he just refers to him very casually as a douche for the rest of the movie without knowing that it's an insult, which is funny. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, he does it. He delivers it well. Um, And he cheated on her. And that's pretty much the only thing that matters about. I guess he only exists to give her a reason to have been like, I don't believe in knights in shining armor anymore. Um, Okay, now we have a meta Netflix binge. Oh, yes. Yeah, we have a Netflix binge within a Netflix movie. I guess we have two, because first we have him watching a bunch of Netflix on his own, and that's when he learns a bunch of modern phrases and then, like, creepily mimics them in an American accent. It's really... I don't... I did not like that. Yeah. I didn't like that at all. It was so creepy. Did you... So it was so weird sounding like audio wise that it felt to me like it was dubbed it felt totally dubbed i think that it's it has to be that the actual actor is british and doesn't have a very good american accent right and so he was trying to do it and it just didn't work it was was so weird i hated it so weird dude (laughs) i hated it so much yeah he was using stuff like Oh, that movie is lit, fam. Lit AF, fam. Yeah, which, I don't know. It could have been funny, but it was just, oh, gosh. He shouldn't have tried to do the accent. It was so creepy. (laughs) But, okay, so how do you feel about people in Netflix uh, movies watching Netflix? I think it's kind of fun. They used, like, their current um, 
new release holiday movies like the other ones from this year when they like showed the screen (laughs) they were watching the christmas prince or whatever so i think this is like highly controversial you don't like it because no i actually think it's great but people hate it people is this another thing that you saw in your reviews yes oh people in their reviews hate this stuff why because they feel like it's just pure product placement they actually hate alexa too the fact that alexa is in the movie which it's like okay i don't think (laughs) like we live in like 2019 where we all have alexa and netflix and stuff i feel like that's just that's just capturing the zeitgeist yeah i agree yeah okay i like it in there people need to chill (laughs) um okay but yeah first so he does a netflix binge by himself and she comes and finds him and he does a creepy mimic and then they they netflix binge together for a day one for full an day. entire day <laughs> the 19th yeah. the full day yeah because she shows up like in the morning with her sister to give him muffins this is when her sister is flirting with him so much yeah yeah like just looking him up and down it's uncomfortable and and then she stays so it's the morning and they start watching netflix and then when they stop watching netflix it is nighttime and she's like falling asleep on his shoulder and oh my gosh that's so much that's not healthy (laughs) that's yikes yeah so this is the part in the movie where she's like or they're like kind of dating already okay sort of they don't know this was i think like the first full yes like night he'd spent there and she was like like falling asleep on his shoulder i'm like he could be a serial killer (laughs) you don't know who this person is she she knows people i was worried about her yikes She's fine. She's good. <laughs> it turns out okay, I guess. But yeah, that was a entirely wild Netflix binge moment. Yeah, um, so Madison meets him for the first time. Uh-huh. That's the sister. Like, yeah, like really meets him, like gets to talk to him. And she acts, she comes into that like she's all skeptical and stuff. He compliments her once. She's <laughs> she's immediately broken down and like, oh my gosh, I think this guy's amazing. And you then- You should lock this down. <laughs> It's like very uncomfortable the chemistry between and we find just out, her and him, not and we, him and her. Yeah, and we find out later, and I'm just gonna throw this in there because it doesn't actually matter that she's married. No, it matters. It matters to me because what? Because she's not able to hook up with David. But we'll get to that. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, moving on. In that case, if we need to discuss this further, um, so she's gonna decorate for Christmas, and he objects to her fake tree, and so they go to a Christmas tree farm. Hold on. Before we go to the Christmas tree farm, did you notice the perfectly coordinated outfits that they were wearing in the scene where they were pulling stuff out of the old Christmas ornament boxes? No. I mean, they were- matchy? Yeah, they were on point. (laughs) They were blue, like he had on this like nice blue sweater thing, and she had on this like kind of color blocking like white, gray, and blue. So it was nice. Okay. Well done, costume department. Yeah. Not quite so accurate on the medieval costumes, but in the modern day, they yeah. did okay. Um, yeah, they go to a tree farm. He does a real manly chop, I guess. Oh. <laughs> yes, this is nice. Yeah, he does a thing where he like chops down the tree in one swing with his axe, and then they have a really good background gag with there, there's another couple there and they're like watching him do this and the female half of the other couple is like oh my gosh and her boyfriend like looks at her and is like and like does it and he also does a big manly chop and chops down the tree and she's like yes it was really it was cute yeah really well done i thought this is one of the more endearing scenes of the entire movie for yeah, me. Yeah, I feel like it could have been extremely, like, toxic masculinity-y, but it was just so, like, it was so joyful. 
He well, was just like, oh, I'm going to do that too. And then he did it and he was successful and it was just like, yay. I feel like it was such a jokey thing that, yes. it, that it landed so well. <laughs> it was just a perfect, there was no sound. You probably could have like missed it if you weren't yeah. paying attention. It was, it was very cute. <laughs> yeah, I love that scene. Great scene. Um, and now I've written down that Brooke makes poor choices. She lets him drive her car. Oh gosh, yes. Yes. So this is... At this point, she still thinks that he's like a modern person who has lost his memory. Does that matter? But no, it does not matter. No, this is crazy. Of all the things, (laughs) like I've seen so many reviews of people hating on different like logic fallacies Uh in this movie nothing is worse than this moment right here because she thinks it's a good idea to let this guy drive he's calling her car a steed a steel steed a steel steed can can i borrow the reins to your steel steed okay and she has and he gets in and he's like accidentally turning on the windshield wipers yes, and she, stuff and she's watching from the porch like okay <laughs> she has so long to back out of this so long she's very supportive <laughs> yeah of this stranger so he like you were saying he's flipping on the windshield wipers he's uh, like flashing lights, whatever. He's doing all this stuff, clearly indicating, like, I do not know how to drive this. And she's like, haha, that's kind of funny. Like, I'm sure it's fine. And then he puts the car in reverse as though he had a moment of, like, <laughs> epiphany where he's like, oh, I know how to drive. He guns it out of the driveway so fast and then just like boosts off and she's like i mean i guess it'll be fine but really what she should be thinking is like i'll never see him again or my car like, also he's gonna kill people yeah he's gonna kill people like a lot of people oh geez it turns out fine he just like he somehow finds his way he was going to okay he was going back to the christmas castle place where he first appeared because he that's where he saw i think we might have skipped over this he actually did see the old crone in the present day, like uh, at yeah. the Christmas, or what'd you call it? Christmas castle. Christmas castle. Yeah, yeah, she was doing like that one of those things where the magic person like is there. Right. Okay, yes. Okay, so I guess he's trying to find her because he's getting he's starting to get angsty about the fact that he doesn't know what his quest is yet. Um, so I guess that's why, I don't know, there wasn't like a lot of point to this. I think they just wanted to have him drive a car, <laughs> but he gets some good advice from Santa. Yeah. I mean, I say good advice. He thinks it's good advice. It kind of is nothing, but it's a cute scene. Yeah, I like that scene, actually. I thought that was another scene that is a Hallmark standard. Yeah, the Santa, the guy that's playing Santa does a really good job. He's one of those background characters that we love in these movies (laughs) because he's very charming. And after Cole walks away and like thanks him for his advice, he's like, I I, I did a great job. Yeah, Yeah. that was a great moment. (laughs) I rock at this. It was uh, very cute. And then, so Brooke finds him. Hold on, wait. I have actually got the quote from the Santa Claus because I actually did kind of like it. I think it's a pretty good one. The Santa Claus says, I like to say that it's the joy of Christmas that reminds us of the faith we need to sustain us through the year, you know? Failure only happens when you give up. With hope and determination, they fuel champions. I don't like the last part of it. (laughs) But the first part, I think that's pretty nice. Yeah. Reminds us of the faith faith we need to sustain us through the year. I think that's, that that's, that's a, lovely. That's like a unique quote that I've never really heard before. I don't know. It's fine. Go Santa. He continues his angst later with Brooke, and so Brooke tells him her dad's advice, which I have written down, which is you can achieve anything in life if you want it badly enough. <laughs> which is bad advice. Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> that's just not true. That's simply untrue. But oh, I guess I, it's motivational. I also have written down here that Brooke is dressed as a flying squirrel. What? <laughs> oh, her little 
Oh no, it's a cool, it's like a cool like capelet situation. I really enjoyed that. It has fur, sweater. fur around mm-hmm. the neck and then flying squirrel wings <laughs> on the bodice. It had like the, um, what are those sleeves called where it's like part of, it's a good sweater, people. She was attempting to fly is what was happening. And she it thought, looked, I'll emulate a squirrel. That's it looks very comfortable. <laughs> um, oh, okay. Have we talked about the Christmas Eve feast? I don't think we have. No. So Brooke's parents, the richest people in the universe, hosted this charity dinner for the town every year on Christmas Eve. And so now that they did, she does it and she's getting ready for it. And so he's going to help her get ready for it. Right. So they go to the supermarket, which is another thing that he's amazed by. And oh, and they do the... (laughs) So he, as we said, he really likes hot cocoa and he calls it mead, and he loves it. And so they do a cute little gag moment where he, like, he sees the tins of hot cocoa in the store, and he grabs, like, six of them. And she's like, we don't need that much hot cocoa. We just need one. Put the rest of them back. And he's like, yeah, yeah, okay. And then, like, starts, like, sneaking them into the cart like a toddler. Oh, my god. And gosh. then she starts, she notices him, and he just, like, sort of keeps on going without making eye contact. And then at the very end, like, makes full eye contact with her and puts the last one in there. And then just walks away. Oh, this is this is expertly acted by the guy who plays Cole because it is hilarious. Yeah, it's amazing. It starts out really good, and then it just gets fantastic because he like slinks away like so perfectly. Oh my gosh, it's incredible. No, probably my favorite moment from this dude. Oh, and then later in that scene, he's in the background. And this is something you've seen in other movies, but he, like, grabs one of the dinner rolls out of the package and, like, starts to eat it (laughs) and immediately starts, like, spitting it out. And just all of his mannerisms are just on point throughout this entire scene. Yeah, he's really good at, like, physical comedy, this guy. Um, But, yeah, he hates the packaged dinner rolls, and he apparently knows how to bake because he apprenticed in a kitchen for a while for reasons. And so they do a sexy baking scene. Which, I gotta say, worked pretty well for me. I thought it was cute. It was also sponsored by King Arthur Flour. Did you notice that? I did not notice that. <laughs> I only noticed it because I like buy that brand of flour sometimes, but they've got the flour bags like very prominently hmm. displayed on the counter. So, tee King Arthur Flour. Yeah, I thought this scene was pretty well done, and it felt nice until the very end of it, where he... You know, the... It's the almost, sexy meeting? Yeah, the obligatory, I'm going to get <laughs> take you from behind, as I said before. <laughs> Arms around her, helping her need. It worked that, for me. I thought that was nice. <laughs> I think it's fine. But then he says some, whatever he said, and then she repeats it like real slow and <laughs> sultry-like. And it's like, come okay, on, it was dude. maybe a little bit much. <laughs> but no, they're making... Okay, they're making Yuletide bean bread, which is like a... Um, Mardi Gras like king cake uh, where you like find the baby in the cake and you like win something or like it's good luck or something and so he does it but it's just like a random like dried bean that he puts in every loaf and whoever finds it has good luck or gets a wish or something like that which sounds fun and I was meaning to look it up to see if that was a real thing um, which I still am gonna have to do because <laughs> I did not get around to that fair but it sounds fun and I kind of want to do it and then it's just the scene where the children escape oh wait 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 one more thing about baking uh hey movie how does this medieval 13th century man know how to use uh modern yeast i feel like they were certainly doing like sourdough back then they did not have dried fleshman's activated yeast packets i call foul (laughs) i'm okay with it do 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 that is baking with amy (laughs) (laughs) anyways the children disappear 
Take it away, sir. <laughs> yeah, so these two kids, Claire, which is Madison's daughter, who is Brooke's niece, she's like, hey, mom, can we go outside and play? And her mom's like, gosh, it's really snowing out there. Which, by the way, now it is like blizzard time again. Yes. And so finally her mom's like, yeah, you can go outside. Okay, whatever. But stay close. Yeah. <laughs> they do not. <laughs> so they go outside and they wander, is it 17 miles away from home? It's like, <laughs> this is craziness. It's really far. It's like through <laughs> the woods. And they, uh, so yeah, so they're missing and they go to, uh, Cole decides to go to a hero. So he and Brooke are like tracking them through the woods with his medieval tracking night skills. And it ends, turns out Claire is stuck in the middle of like a frozen pond or whatever on ice that's cracking. And it's very tense. And I was very worried about her. And so Cole does a very good job of being hero knight because he tells her to like get down on her belly and crawl like a snail. And he says, be the slowest snail that has ever crawled the earth. And he does a really good job and she crawls off the ice and she's okay. Yeah, I thought this scene was really good. I mean, Yeah, I thought it was a very nice hero moment. Because <laughs> he didn't do it. Yeah. He coached her through uh-huh. it. Which I feel like a lot of movies. It's nice and like supportive. He yeah. didn't like go out there and swing from a vine and <laughs> grab her from the middle of the lake or something stupid. Yeah, and it didn't have to get as crazy as like, oh, like her foot went through the ice. Yeah, so nobody he, was now, diving into the freezing yeah. water. Yeah. It was as tense as it needed to be, and yeah. then it quickly was resolved. Mm-hmm. It was great. It was nice. But I guess the point of this is that he did a heroic thing, but he still doesn't think that it's his quest. So he's like, oh, no, I still haven't done my quest. I'm not a true knight. And Christmas Eve is tomorrow. So he's in a real moody way when they <laughs> yeah. get back to the house. And Brooke is like, okay, well, we, let's just go back to the Christmas. What is it? I keep forgetting the name of it. The Christmas Eve feast? No, the... Oh, the Christmas castle? Christmas castle, yeah. Oh, yeah, and that's when he foils a pickpocket. All right. Yeah. So the first time I watched this... And then this, he does another heroic... So that's another heroic thing that he's done, and he also still does not think it's his quest. Yeah, but for me, the first time I watched this, I was like, okay, yeah, he's going to like save this woman's purse and be the hero of the pickpocket or whatever. The second time I watched it, I was like, Brooke set this up. Like, <laughs> Brooke was like... He needs to complete his quest, so I'm going to, like, pay this kid under the table to come and pickpocket this woman so that he can, like, come in and save the day. Because, okay, let's I would buy that. Because this kid who pickpockets this purse is moving at the speed of said snail in the previous (laughs) scene as he runs away, and Cole grabs a fake sword and chases him down, pins him to the ground, and is like, do I need to cut off your arms? And (laughs) the women folk are like, no, don't cut off his arms. (laughs) And he's like... It's yeah, very dramatic. It's overly so. <laughs> this was way not as successful as this. Yeah, no, I, I I didn't even write it down because, yes, it was kind of dumb. Um, So still hasn't done his quest. It is now time for the Christmas Eve feast. So they're getting ready. We have the red dress bombshell reveal. Vanessa looks gorgeous. And he ha- has his little ba-ba-ba-da-ba-da moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, he can't tie a tie because, of course, he can't. And so she's like, oh, I can do that for you. And they have a little, like, romantic she's tying his tie moment. And then she's like, no, actually, I can't do this at all. <laughs> <laughs> Which I appreciated because, yeah, I can't tie a tie. <laughs> um, at some point during this or, like, right before it, uh, Madison comes in and brings Cole, like, a really weird shaped canister yeah she brings him like a fancy carafe of cocoa which is interesting in and of itself but to thank him for saving claire right (laughs) and one then you were alluding to it earlier the line that she says 
is, aside from the fact that he believes he's a knight from the 14th century, he's the total package. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah! (laughs) This woman's standards are so low! (laughs) No! She wants her sister to date this mysterious person that they know nothing about. He think he has a like severe brain injury right now. He thinks that he's a medieval knight from the 14th century. He's the whole package. Oh my Madison. And it's important to point out that at this point, Brooke is like buying into the fact that like it could be real. Yeah, she's starting to get kind of like, I mean, maybe though. Earlier, uh Cole has a line that I don't think we pointed out, but he says to Brooke after she kind of tries to dispute the fact that, you know, this is just an injury, like, you're not Uh really... He says, by that logic, only things that you comprehend are possible. Ah, yes. Okay. Which I thought was a pretty good line. (laughs) All right, but so, yeah, they have their little moment, and she gives him the... Oh, yes. The orange and the half penny. Because he had told her before that when he was a kid, uh, he would get an orange and a half penny before... uh, for Christmas. So they, she did his Christmas tradition, and then he does her Christmas tradition too later. So it's like a cute little thing where they do their childhood things because they love each other. Yeah, and these Christmas traditions for me weren't super generic like you would normally yeah, expect from actually, these movies. Yeah, they were pretty unique. Um, her thing was that her mom would hide a little gift like in the tree for her that she would have to find, like like within the branches. And usually it was handmade. Yeah, a little handmade gift. And so he like carves her a little ball, <laughs> a little ball oh, made of wood with yeah. little like pictures on it that says, uh, I'll love you, basically. Basically. But yeah, okay, so Christmas Eve feast, um, they kiss under the mistletoe, and then that's, I mean, that's skipping over everything, but nothing matters at the Christmas Eve feast other than that they kiss, and so then his medallion starts glowing. I actually thought that... So his quest was to smooch. Yeah, right. (laughs) I actually thought that the scene where she gave a speech at... So this is like her... Yeah, she gave a speech. ...Christmas thing. Her speech was like the worst speech I've ever heard. It was was so incredibly terrible. It was so generic. It was the most generic thing. It could have literally been given for the past 20 years of the festival. Absolutely. Um, But yeah, so they kissed, and then now he's going to go back to the past. (laughs) Yeah. It's the kiss, I guess. So they go back to the christmas castle where he first emerged they say this like teary farewell and then he poofs back to medieval times and then we get a few scenes of brooke being like very sad about cole to like her family and like uh and then she eats some christmas bread and she finds the bean and she's like uh bean (laughs) (laughs) she's in emo mode yeah yeah She's like, I wish that Cole was here again. And then we see Cole and he's back in the past and he, so the reason that he kept on saying that he had to get back really urgently to his own time was that his brother was about to be knighted and he he needed to be there for a ceremony for Uh, baby Chad Michael Murray. Other than the fact that he lives there. I mean, (laughs) okay, yeah, other than that. (laughs) But that was why it was like time sensitive. And so he gets back and he talks to his brother and he's basically like, I'm here for your ceremony, but also... I completed my quest, and my quest was love, and I think I'm actually going to go back now. 
And his brother's like, oh, okay, bye. And so then he goes off to find the crone again. Yep. They have like a five minute conversation. He's like, okay, I'm ready. I'm going to go back to the future. And in similar fashion to the previous movies we watched, this movie also wraps up very rapidly. So quickly. Yeah. I was, I was just looking at the rest of my notes like, oh, okay, I guess we're almost done. Um. <laughs> yeah. So he finds the crone again in the forest. And she, she sort of acts like she's, like, not going to send him back and going to do some sort of, like, ee-hee-hee-hee, there's a price for my fey help. Yeah, and um, he's like, I'll do anything. And she's like, you can okay. go. <laughs> and then she, she just, just sends, sends him back. back. Only this time, Sherwin's with him. Yeah! Sherwin has come to the present. Sherwin, the very good horse. So Cole rides in on Sherwin into the Christmas castle. And much like Cole, Sherwin is unfazed by the future. Oh yes, Sherwin's He's like, good to cars? Go. Absolutely. Electric <laughs> lights? Sure, gimme them. I'm into this. And I have written down, love wins. Sherwin and Cole reunited. <laughs> The true romance of this movie. So he's back and they're in love, I guess, and she rides off with him on his horse. Yep. The end. And people are clapping. Yep. There you go. <laughs> so I've got some discussion topics. Okay. So that was just the plot summary. We have been recording for 57 minutes, but we'll just see what we can make out of this because I have things to say that didn't fit nicely into the plot summary. All right. One of, chief among them, what is the old crone's deal? What's her deal? What's she getting out of this whole thing? Yeah. <laughs> I was, okay, so I noticed, as soon as we saw her, I noticed she had the very unconvincing old age makeup, and I was like, oh, okay, so she's going to secretly be like somebody else. Like, she is in disguise as an old crone, Beauty and the Beast style, or something. No, so that's not her deal. Wait, wait. <laughs> hmm? <laughs> what if it's her quest? So she has these medallions, right? Right. So let's say she started with three medallions, and she had to get three knights to prove themselves Ooh. so that's she that's already... another thing we should mention is that the like credit scene was her giving another one of these to his brother which is the final one in my world and the sequel to this movie is going to be him completing his mission and then she turns into a her final form no she turns into a princess and then gets with this guy because they have some chemistry there in that final scene, I feel. Okay, I could see that. Yeah, I like mm, it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, because she had this whole vibe this whole time. Like, he, he like had like a nightmare at some point when he was still in the future. And he was like dreaming that the crone was like cackling like, ah, ha, 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 and like, like holding on to him and clawing at him with her fingers. So I was like, there's going to be something nefarious about this crone who has sent him to the future. And she's going to like demand their firstborn or something creepy like that but no she's just once she's just on the side of love she's just a old bewigged cupid i just had to look up the definition of crone real quick just to oh, okay. know an old woman who is thin and ugly oh well that seems not very nice he kept on calling her crone yeah which is fascinating because it's very rude the that woman i don't feel like was thin which yeah, is she was not particularly thin, and she certainly wasn't ugly. Yeah, weird. Yeah, okay, anyways. <laughs> um, oh, okay, second discussion topic. I would like to discuss the extremely casual treatment of this poor man's presumed memory loss slash delusion throughout <laughs> the movie. <laughs> Everybody was real unconcerned about this whole situation. 
I'm gonna give. He up. might have a family. <laughs> yeah, he, he might. might have children. He could be like a single dad that's like abandoned his children. He he might have a job that he's gonna lose because of this whole interlude in his life. Like, come on, people, let's try and do some detective work. Although, let's think about this. Let's say Officer Stevens got a chance to do his job and was like, "All right, let's see some identification." He ain't got no identification. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not saying they would find anything, obviously. (laughs) It just does not seem like anybody is interested in trying at all. No. Yeah, he's in a bad way. (laughs) Yeah, at one point, Officer Stevens like, man, doesn't seem like this guy's memory is coming back. And she's like, yeah, but I mean, like, who are we to tell him that he's not who he says he is? No, that's not the point. Who was he? (laughs) It might matter. Yeah, that's a theme. Someone might be looking for him. That's really a recurring thing throughout the movie is Officer Stevens is like, I mean, come on, people, like <laughs> this and this. And the people are like, no, Officer Stevens, don't oh, be crazy. Officer Stevens. <laughs> oh, you. <laughs> yeah, let's not get it twisted. The two best characters in this movie, three, top three characters in this movie, Officer Stevens, Sherwin the Horse, <laughs> and David the Poor. <laughs> <laughs> no, and the old lady. And the old lady. I mean, she's fine. She's in everything. Yeah, she's very good. Um, you got another point. My next point. We can talk about David the Poor. Oh, I love David the Poor. Okay, so this is a subplot with David is this single dad. He's he's been widowed, widowered, and he's taking care of his kids. He's got like six jobs. He doesn't have enough money. His kids don't have gloves. It's really sad. And then at the charity dinner, they give him they. Okay, so they It's important like, to note, his kids do have gloves. He has provided them gloves, but they do not keep they just hands warm anymore. <laughs> They're just real bad gloves. Yes. <laughs> no, okay. And so this is like an ongoing thing. Everybody likes David and they're like, oh, he's just so like such a hard worker. He's so proud and everything. And then, and he, he wants to teach his kids how to give back. So he's like doing charity work of his own. And so then they like call his kids over at this very public like charity dinner with the whole town and are like all these presents are for you kids surprise and they like give them a big envelope of money which is heartwarming but it kind of squicked me out that they like blindsided this poor man with this like extremely public charity yeah i I didn't like it i was like okay give him a heads up like what if he like doesn't want his kids to have these particular presents like maybe he doesn't want his kid to have a bike for some reason like he's he's the dad he gets to decide this sort of things don't just be like this is all your stuff now children so that is actually why i thought that scene was one of my favorite scenes from the entire movie because i went through all of that in my mind and i was like no it makes sense that they kind of blindsided him because i think he he wouldn't accept it yeah he was the type that wouldn't have accepted any other way and the way in which he the actor dealt with that scene was like exactly how i would have thought he would like Uh. he showed so much emotion in that scene of like oh gosh, I can't believe this is happening. Like, oh no, I can't accept it. Like, this is just crazy. And then he finally kind of does accept it. And then he looks at his kids like, oh, this is so great that they're able to, like, yeah, that was I just mean, a lot for me. I thought that was fantastic. It did. It turned out well. I just kind of would have wished that they had, like, done it anonymously. Like, they had, like, dropped it off at his house in a way that, like... The only thing I was missing from The that entire team, town ha- didn't have to be like, look at this family. They are poor. <laughs> they are living among you and they are poor. It was kind of weird that, it like... It gross. It felt like everyone knew him, like, in the entire town, which yeah. is a little weird. and that was part of it, was that everybody was chipping in because he was so helpful to everybody else. I don't know. It just made me uncomfortable. It sure. was fine, though. It was, I mean, it was sweet. <laughs> I mean, he's great. 
Yeah, David was great. And, okay, so, yeah, you wanted him to get together with the sister before we found out she was married. That's fair. That would have worked. Except, okay, I have problems with this sister. This sister, did you notice? She, like, food shames her daughter constantly. I did not care for it. She kept on being like, don't eat that. Or, like... No, and the daughter was like, my mom never lets me have ice cream. It's just like, oh, are you food shaming your daughter? She's like this like little 12-year-old girl. Like, chill out, mom. Ugh, did not care for it. Yeah, I mean, we didn't realize that Madison had a husband. This this is our fault that we didn't realize this. Cause she, I mean, is it? Well, it was mentioned earlier, but oh, okay. we didn't realize it the first time we watched it until he literally walked onto the set. Yeah, he walks in and is like, hey, I'm back from my business trip. And we were like, who is this dude? And he was Madison's husband. He was her brother-in-law, which, okay. He had like two or three talking scenes in this whole thing. So he easily could have been omitted. Yeah, there was no reason for him to be in the movie. I was very confused by it. Maybe it was because, maybe they like showed it to test audiences and they were all like, well, but doesn't Madison get together with David? And they were like, oh no. But yeah, I don't know. they should have because Madison and David's kids love each other. That's true. They're best friends. David is a saint Uh too. Madison is the sister. So there's that. Sure. That's the best thing we can say about her, really. (laughs) She exists. (laughs) And David could have had the scene where Cole was saving, quote, saving the girls from the ice. Uh David could have been part of that scene. Yeah, because it was his his daughter was the other girl that was there with Claire. Yeah. So he could have just helped save the day. They could have, like, hugged each other to comfort each other that their children were missing. Yep, you're right. Missed opportunity. Except the brother-in-law... Uh, I kept on trying to remember what the actor, what I knew him from, and I knew him from this, like, little web series called Space Janitors that I watched years ago that's about, it's, like, set on basically the Death Star, and it's, like, janitors on the Death Star, basically, and it's really cute and funny, and he played, um, all of the stormtroopers, because they were clone troopers. Nice. And he did a good job on that. He was funny, and I was like, ah, good for that guy. He's on a Netflix show now. Good for you. Oh, he was also in Two Broke Girls. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, he's a sweetheart, it seems like. I don't know. I recognize him from a thing, and so now I feel attached to him. I will link Space Janitors in the show notes because it was fun. I'm going to... And I have to find it for myself because I want to rewatch it now. Yeah, he was definitely a sweet cinnamon roll. Yeah, for sure. What were we talking about? (laughs) Point. Next point. Um, Match point. Old couple. Old couple. Ooh, old couple, yeah. <laughs> So this is, there's like this old lady. I have no idea what her role is in the movie. Other than that, she's married to a man who has back problems. And Cole gives her <laughs> some medical advice from the dark ages that fixes her husband's back. Because they are really well known for having just advanced medicine back then. Better than ours, for sure. Yeah, and he uses some term like... uh haunch bone yeah like strap a a warm compress to his haunch bone and soak it in eye of newt and some salvia i don't know what it was but it was ridiculous and (laughs) but anyways you see them later and i feel like okay we always rate the chemistry of the couples on these movies i feel like the chemistry of this old couple is the most of any couple that we have seen thus far on these shows they are so in love and they are old and sweet and they dance together and it's real cute Oh, the old couple. I love the old couple. Yeah, it's nice. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. I don't know that I'd go that far. (laughs) I really liked them. They were so cute. Yeah, they were cute. (laughs) Interracial couple. Yeah. And I just really liked that lady. I wish I had looked up what she had been on. Um, She reminds me of the old lady from uh, Atlantis, the animated Disney Atlantis. She looks just like her. Are you going to Google her? 
Yeah, I'm attempting to. Okay. Yeah, so her name is Jane Eastwood, and she's been in My Big Fat Greek Wedding. Was she in Haven? Yes! Yes! Oh, that's where I know her from. Yes! She was like the, she worked yeah, in the Gloria. police department. Gloria! Yes, she, she was, was Gloria, Gloria from Haven. And she was on point in Yes, Haven. we loved her. Okay. Shout out to Haven. Watch that. Shout out to Haven. It was, okay, it was Maybe good don't for, finish it. Don't finish it. It was good it. for a while. Watch the first few seasons and then just like, <clears throat> off. Um. <laughs> yeah, as soon as you hear the word Aether, just get yeah. out of it. <laughs> just leave, leave as soon as you see the Maytag man, get out. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Okay, um, what else is, oh, 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 okay, did you notice that they mentioned, just incredibly offhand, the country of Aldovia? Yes. Which is the country from the Christmas Prince. Yes, Crossover. Yes, so that, yeah, they exist in the same Netflix holiday movie cinematic universe. Which is good, but also it's going to implement all sorts of just Especially weird stuff. Especially because Vanessa has been in another Netflix movie. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, she was a princess. And, okay, as soon as I noticed this, I was like, okay, so are those princesses triplets? Ooh. Is she perhaps a third princess switch triplet? What if they just keep making movies to, like, <laughs> like clean up the mess that they're yeah, making? They're like, oh, no, we've got we've to add in uh, the Christmas Chronicles. We've got to add in all these. I wish I knew more Netflix holiday movies so that i could really flesh out this whole well, we're doing a podcast about it so we better get okay yeah. get to know <laughs> i should study up um okay my last point of discussion right. is what are these people's lives going to look like post movie because they will be wild i mean particularly cole because what's he gonna do for work bakery uh, well asked and answered all right bakery <laughs> <laughs> my thing is he does not have any sort of identification. He does not have a social social security number. Which is precisely why he won't be a cop, which is yeah, what they were kind of alluding to. He will not he will Absolutely not. Be a cop. not. Um, I was thinking their immune systems totally incompatible. Uh, like he's bringing forward all sorts of like he's going to like bring back the black death or something and then he's going to get a common cold from 2019 and die and he's got no vaccinations whatsoever. He's like the entire state of California in one person. <laughs> and he'll be all right yeah what are they gonna do with the horse where are they gonna put sherwood okay earlier we mentioned two broke girls if you've ever seen <laughs> if you've ever seen two broke girls you know the horse lives up on the second floor of that building just kind of chilling there i don't think that's the preferred way to no, keep no. a horse that's the new way that's the 2019 <laughs> way and as we know this movie is 2019 and hey sherwin is down with 20 sherwin that's what it is not sherwood sherwin is down with 2019 sure. we know this yeah He's a chill horse. Um, oh, yeah. My last thing was he's going to get a really, really exorbitant bill for that ER visit. He does not have insurance. Oh, they're not going to bill him for that. This is a small town. <laughs> He'll be all right. Yeah, that's how that works. <laughs> um, so the final, the post credit scene. We mentioned that it's a cinematic universe now. It is like the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It has a post credit scene. And it was that the crone has showed up again. We are back in medieval times. The crone has shown up again at uh, Chad Michael Murray's knighting ceremony. And she's like, what's up, dude? You want to do a quest? And he's like, yeah. And she pulls out one of those glowing pendants. 
and he's going to be the sequel. The sequel is going to be The Hot Brother. Nice. I'm pretty excited about it. Let's go. I'm all <laughs> on board for the sequel as long as it's in present day and not medieval times. Okay, that's what I was going to ask. So what do you think the sequel is going to be to make it different? Because I was thinking... I think it's going to be in medieval times, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was thinking, that this time the other person's going to come back to medieval times. And they're going to do some old-timey things. I don't think... I'd like to see it not be a love quest specifically. I'd like to see it be a like a Slay the Dragon type of quest. But then, like I yeah. said before, him fall in love with the old crone once she becomes a not old crone. I like that. Yeah, because it seems odd to... The whole thing about it being love is very odd to me. I mean, that tracks. I'm not convinced. Well, I felt That's like... That's movie magic stuff. Yeah, I felt like he should have had, like, a thing in his past where, like, he was specifically, like, anti-love or something, and so then he had to learn about love. It was basically just, like, your quest is just to, like, meet your soulmate, because it I seemed mean, unexplained to me. He was kind of, like, separated from his family at a young age. Okay, because he was like a squire or whatever? Yeah. Sure. But yeah, he didn't, there wasn't a lot in his past to go off of, that's for sure. It just seems like if it's going to be this like personalized quest to make you a true knight, it should be very tied to your own personal like development arc. And maybe it was, but we just did not really see why this particular untrue knight needed to fall in love in order to be a true knight. I don't get it. And it'll be interesting to see in the second, like if they do do a sequel, to see if it is true love, like generally, or if true love was like Cole's thing. Because yeah. your take on it was that it was personalized to Cole. My take on it was that it was like, this is what knights have to oh, learn. Oh, like it's always love. Yeah, that's okay, what I was maybe. Thinking. That would work really well for having more movies. Yeah. <laughs> what if they just make a whole like 12 of these movies and they're all exactly the same? <laughs> Like, they always hey. go back to that same Christmas castle place, and it's always the same crone, and it's just, like, a different modern-day person every time, like... <laughs> I'm totally fine with that. Like, if you want a watch knight in shining armor as your boyfriend, just, like, move to this town in Ohio and hang out at the Christmas castle, because you're gonna meet one. I'm right. into it. I think it's no shocker that this was definitely my favorite of the three movies we've watched okay. so far. Ooh, and humble brag real quick. At one point... <laughs> During the movie, I believe it's the scene where uh, Brooke is really emo after <laughs> uh, Cole went back to the past. When she finds the bean. When she finds the bean, yeah. yes. Where a song is playing that Amy was like, ooh, this is just not a good song. And I was like, I mean, yeah, it doesn't sound like the greatest song, but I'm pretty sure it's the guy, Cole, singing it. Did you look it up? Is it? Definitely, yes, it <gasps> is the guy, Cole, singing it, and... It was performed, written, recorded, and arranged by Josh Whitehouse, who is Cole in the movie. Oh, oh well, sorry, Josh. I didn't like your song very much. I mean, I Good thought it for was, him, though. I thought it was a fine song. It just was a little bit out of place in the movie. Yeah, I can't believe that you ID'd that. Good for you. So is he is he British or American or something else mm. entirely? Because he didn't. I feel like the song did not sound particularly British. His biography in IMDb says he's an actor known for The Night Before Christmas. Hey. All right. <laughs> that tells us not a lot. He is six one and a half. Huh. for those interested. I would have thought shorter. I wonder if Vanessa Hudgens is tall. That was something that I forgot to say on the Ice Sculpture Christmas episode that I noticed uh, she was taller than him. Do you notice that? Ooh, I, I did not that notice nice. that. Yeah, that is nice. Yeah. He's British. Ah, there we go. Mm, 
oh, okay, so you found some reviews. I, uh, dear listener, did not have to search for reviews this week because there are no Amazon reviews because this is a Netflix thing. I got a little break. All right. Here come some reviews. Also, <laughs> I feel like this was one of the more reviewed movies that I've seen, and it came out like a month ago. I was scrolling for like days in wow. IMDb with how many reviews there were. So here's just a select few. Pejoriath gives this a 1 out of 10. Watch an infomercial instead. Ooh. Painfully obvious product placement and a bad storyline. I feel like I just watched 90-minute commercial of Alexa and Netflix itself. <laughs> How many Netflix productions they casually show on their own movies is simply ridiculous. Then there are a lot of plot holes. It goes on. But really, people <laughs> need to calm down. It's a fun, like, meta thing. Chill out. Snurf says, mm. 2 out of 10. It was just bad. But that's not why I'm writing a review. <laughs> Okay, so this was a terrible movie. The plot didn't make any sense. If this were to ever happen, the night guy would have probably ended up in a mental institution. Also, why is Vanessa Hudgens starring in multiple Christmas movies? Did she sign a contract? Is she stuck? Does she need help? I feel like she's better than this. And now for the actual reason I'm writing this. The knight's name is Sir Cole. LOL. His name is Circle. Every time they say his name, it sounds like Circle. How can anyone take this film seriously? <laughs> sound like a fun person i would have enjoyed this movie a lot more if he had like shown up and gotten hit by a car and gotten immediately put into a mental institution and just the rest of it was just his like treatment that would have been a fun movie to watch i agree (laughs) all right jane patterson two out of ten just awful i adore romantic christmas films and can suspend reality and accept most things but this was too much (laughs) zero effort made in terms of research Clearly. It makes no sense. (laughs) For example, a 14th century knight gets in a car and knows how to reverse and drive but struggles with steering straight. (laughs) Mittens leave finger marks. Windows in a castle. Etc. 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 She's getting down to the nitty gritty. It's just an utter joke. And more than anything, I'm disappointed because I love this genre and feel a bit cheated. It could have been done so well with a bit more care and attention to detail. This just feels slapped together. So if you improve just those tiny little details, somehow it becomes If you took the windows amazing. out of that castle. <laughs> the windows out of the... We never even go inside the castle. She was looking at the castle in the background of like three minutes of film. Like, this ruins <laughs> the entire movie for me. Okay, so those reviewers are wrong. <laughs> Here's some reviewers that are more on the right track. Okay. Perry Fajelman says, 10 out of 10. Can't believe the negativity. This is a great movie. Josh Whitehouse is fantastic. Extremely likable and very funny. I love that this is a time travel movie where the driving force isn't how confused and freaked out the traveler is over and over again. Mm -hmm. He keenly observes everything and learns quickly from his observations. It's clear that he doesn't spend too much time questioning what he doesn't know or understand. Is this movie perfect? No, but it's cute, funny, enjoyable, and very sweet. It's not a 10, but I've already watched it twice with my wife and enjoyed it multiple times. So for that, it's a 10 to me. (laughs) I agree with you, sir. All right, there we go. And finally, T. Kalias and a bunch of numbers says, (laughs) 10 out of 10. Absolutely love this lighthearted, fun Christmas rom-com. I don't care if the premise has been done already. It was still cute and heartwarming. I totally enjoyed it. Wait, has the premise been done already? I don't know. A lot of people have said that. I want to watch that. (laughs) I feel like at least 50% of the reviews that I read said that it was a cliche. Oh. And I feel like either they don't know what cliche means or they have a very loose definition of cliche. Y'all, please send us all of the night comes forward in time and gets hit by a car movies. (laughs) Because I want them. 
And this person ends it with, Joshua Whitehouse was so charming as Sir Cole, how could anyone not fall in love with him? I am hoping we will get a sequel. We have to, because Chad Michael Murray. And I agree with him. Yep, this was... Okay, so what was your rating? Before we get into that, okay. let's just say IMDb gave it, on average, a 5.5 out of 10. Hmm. Seems a little low to me. That does seem low. Rotten Tomatoes, 71%. Okay, that's better. And I would give this movie 7.5 chocolate meads out of 10. <laughs> I was going to say 7. Nice. Okay, so 7 chocolate meads out of 10 for me. Yes, this was good. This was solid. I feel like I still liked Ice Sculpture Christmas more. Wow. I don't know why I liked that movie so much. Oh my gosh. Because this was objectively a better movie, but this, this, was, this was good and fun. And he got hit by a car, which apparently is important to me. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this one for me, the acting was just a lot stronger. Yes. The overall, like, just production and everything was just kind of better. And it, it and took it was, itself seriously in the moments where it should have, and it didn't in the moments that it didn't need to, which yeah. is the very key for me personally in these movies. The Netflix ones are pretty good about that. Yes. Yeah. Like, they're kind of self-aware in a way that some of the Hallmark ones really just aren't. But that's also a really charming thing about some of the Hallmarks. So, you know, pros and cons. So is there anything you would change? Um... I would have fleshed out the medieval part of it a little bit more. I would like to see more of, like, what the hell type of competition were they doing in the beginning with the Falcon? I want to know. It is driving me crazy. And why is his particular quest the love quest? Or is everybody's the love quest? I, I just need to know more. So maybe the sequel will help with that. There was a lot of stuff that could be taken out. Like, there was this whole thing with her, like, neighbor, Allison who she like didn't like because she was a she was flirting with Cole and it was like that thing didn't need to be in there. The student really didn't need to be in there. She had a student that she was giving advice to. We didn't talk about it because it didn't matter. So they could have trimmed, done a little trimming and then add back in some backstory. But I wouldn't change much. I wouldn't really recast anybody. Everybody was great. Yeah, I would say 100% agree with not mm-hmm. recasting anyone. The little niece I thought did a great job. Yeah, she like, was Like she really was great. pretty young and she was great. Yeah, I think I would... I mentioned possibly having Madison hook up with David, obviously, if Madison did not have Evan. I probably would have cut, I'm sorry, my space janitor friend, I probably would have cut him out of the movie. He did not need to be in there, and it was just a little bit confusing. But honestly, everything I would say would be really nitpicky, because I think this movie was expertly done. Mm -hmm. I really feel like this was on-point Christmas movie. Good. This was a good choice. Yes, and it's kind of fun that this is a new one, so some of y'all might not have seen it. Go watch it. It was good. I guess we should probably put a spoiler disclaimer up front of these episodes that we just don't care about spoilers at all, but I feel like in this particular genre, spoilers don't matter. Like, what are you going to, like, spoiler? Like, they get together in the end. Like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like our, I, entire, our entire podcast is a spoiler, so. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I guess people know. But yeah, go watch it if you haven't watched it. It's very cute. I think it's all we have to say about A Night Before Christmas. If you want to talk to us, uh, we are at lovelikepod on Twitter. We are at llamapod on Instagram. Or you can email us at llamapod at gmail.com. Or you can leave us a voice message directly at anchor.fm slash llamapod. I need somebody to do that. We, we have to test that out because I need to know like what happens if somebody does that. <laughs> I'm very intrigued as to like, yeah, we do. how that works. And um, speaking of needing to cut things down, the movie we watched was 92 minutes long and we've been recording for about 92 minutes. Hey, 
Good for us. Nice. <laughs> oh, our theme music is Take Me Higher by Jazzar um, off the album Tumbling Dishes Like Old Man's Wishes. Good album name. It is. I'm going to say it every time, even though I don't think that we have to <laughs> under this Creative Commons license, because it is a good album name. Good job, Jazzar. That will be linked in the show notes, as well as any other fun, tasty links I choose to share with you fine people. You, our dear, dear listener, singular. If you're a fan of cheesy, romantic Christmas movies, please go watch this movie. All right. That's what I say. That's your homework. We love you. Like a movie. A podcast. Later. <laughs> <laughs>